Well, hello, friends. Before we get into this week's episode, I'd like to invite you to my upcoming free masterclass. It's called Three Ways to Get Your Habits on Track and Derail Decision Fatigue. How to create a routine that will calm your overwhelm and let your poor, tired brain have a rest by leveraging what you already do every day and make it easier. In this masterclass, you will learn how to mooch off the habits that you already have locked in. And believe me, you do have some to create more streamlined systems that will help you to cut your to-do list in half. You will also learn how to take a look at your surroundings and find ways to allow outer order to bring you inner calm. And you're also going to learn how to create a morning routine that will reduce your decision fatigue and overwhelm and make your days go smoother. This masterclass is a must attend if you are so busy and overwhelmed just getting through the day each day and you are holding on to the edges for dear life. You can't remember the last time you felt relaxed or that you did something just for you. Your brain is starting to feel like mush and you're having trouble remembering all of the details of all of the things that hold your household together. Or you'd like to get on track with some healthy habits, but you just haven't had time or you just can't see how they would fit into the chaos that is your life. Does any of this resonate for you? If so, join me in this free masterclass to learn some practical techniques to help you manage this decision fatigue and overwhelm. Go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash masterclass and sign up for the day and time that works best for your schedule. I'll see you there. and welcome to The Improvement Project, a podcast about being a better human through good habits, challenging yourself, learning from a wide range of experts, and celebrating all of the little wins along the way. I'm Dr. Peggy Malone, a healthcare provider and human being trying my best to be better and encouraging others to do the same. I'm in London, Ontario, Canada. After 18 years of working with patients to help them take on better habits for health and wellness, as well as a year of personal monthly habit challenges, I've learned how our daily choices impact and ultimately create our lives. So I'm getting intentional about my habits and routines, and I'm hoping to inspire you to become more disciplined, more consistent, happier, healthier, more productive, and overall your own best self. Today's episode is episode 140 of the Improvement Project podcast, and today I want to share an interview that I did with my friend Catherine White on her podcast, Living to Thrive. We discussed my favorite subject, habits, how I got interested in them, the biggest obstacles that people face when they are trying to move toward good habits or away from bad ones, as well as some practical tips to get you moving in the right direction with your good, healthy habits. I really hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So the biggest obstacle, that's what you asked me, is probably this lizard part of our brain that makes us want to stay safe and not change. I guess probably the other thing to think about is that we all can sort of muster up the motivation to do change short term. So when it's New Year's resolution time, which it was only a couple of months ago, everybody gets this intense feeling like this is going to be the year and I'm going to lose weight and start exercising and get healthy. And then we can muster the challenge to do it for maybe a few weeks or a couple of months. But around this time of year, when we're approaching the end of February, that's when people are starting to do that slippery slope off of what these new positive changes are. So the good news is there's some things that you can do. Welcome to the Living to Thrive podcast, a podcast for people who want to live a happy, healthy, inspired life. I'm Catherine White, former teacher turned healthy living advocate. My own health scare helped me to get educated and create my own business so I can help others while being my own boss. I created the Living to Thrive podcast to provide you with tips and tricks, healthy eating and lifestyle options, and inspiration to help you nourish, inspire, and grow your own health. So let's get started. 
Welcome to episode 17. Today, I'm so excited to have with me local healthcare practitioner and my friend, Dr. Peggy Malone. Recently, I launched my online course, Living to Thrive, and Dr. Peggy was one of my accountability partners. Her knowledge of habits and organization, as well as her unending energy, was a valuable piece in the process. Dr. Peggy Malone is a healthcare provider who encourages her patients every day to create better habits associated with their health and wellness. She is wife to the hilarious and heavily bearded John, with whom she takes many adventures, as well as cat mom to the floofy ragdoll amigo. Dr. Peggy is also a habits change agent and human being on a mission to create better habits for herself, and by doing so, she hopes to inspire others to take up the challenge with her. You can join her on these adventures every week by tuning into the Improvement Project podcast. Welcome, Dr. Peggy. I am so happy to have you here today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. I am just so pumped that we are going to talk about habits today. Now, I've had the pleasure of knowing you for a number of years as my health practitioner, and most recently, as I mentioned, part of our accountability pod. So I know what it is that you are passionate about when it comes to habits. But I wondered, can you talk a little bit about where your interest in habits came from? Definitely. Well, I've always been somebody who's had big goals. I've always wanted to do cool stuff, epic things. And as a young person, I used to make these big goals and then do whatever I needed to do in order to make them happen. So I would put habits and routines into place short term to complete the goal. So I would go traveling. I would finish various schooling degrees. I did some marathons. Then I did some Ironman triathlons. And all of those things were very fun, but I would get to the finish line and then sort of fall back into habits that weren't necessarily the most helpful for me. And the irony of it was that I was working as a healthcare practitioner with my patients and I was encouraging them to have better healthy habits for posture and exercise and nutrition. So I realized there was a bit of a conflict there. And so I started to get interested in why do people do what they do or don't do? And I was especially interested for my own self. Why do I do what I do or don't do what I do? I started reading all the books uh, and then slowly starting to incorporate some of those learnings into my own life. And then I found that it just was a bit of a um, amplifier in terms of being able to then pass that on to my patients. So I found that very cool. Uh, then a few years ago, a patient of mine who has since become a friend outside of my practice started telling me about how she was doing some habit challenges every month for a whole year. And I was intrigued. So her name was Jenny. And ultimately we started chatting and then Jenny helped me to start the Improvement Project podcast. And together we did 12 months, a month each of habit challenges for a whole year. And we reported on the podcast what did we learn from it? Have we, did we get those habits ingrained in us? Um, and it sort of has snowballed since then. And we've been doing that podcast for over two years now. So, and I continue to learn more about habits every single day. And I continue to try to apply it to my own life so that I can become a better version of myself. And I also want to share it with others along the way. So that's sort of the, the long story shorter as to why I'm interested in habits. That's amazing. And I do love when Jenny's on the show and you guys kind of do the back and forth about where you are in your habits and that whole first year of your habit challenges is amazing. So if the listeners want to go back and find that and listen to those challenges that you did, I'll make sure to link the podcast in the show notes and they can go back and have a listen. 
Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So I know for myself over the years, I have tried and tried to bring routine and habits into my life and I've had some successes and a number of good attempts, but I'm wondering like, what would you say are the biggest obstacles that people face when they're trying to build new habits? Well, this is something that I'm really interested in right now. So it's awesome that you're asking me this. Generally speaking, and I think you are aware of this and anybody listening will be aware of this as well. Human beings hate to change so much so that we will resist unconsciously for sure. And often consciously any change to any part of who we are, even though we know that the change would be good for us. And we do this because change feels scary and it's kind of unknown. So when we try to change by moving toward a good, healthy habit or away from a bad one, we are actually fighting back against our own DNA, against our own evolutionary instincts. Our lizard brain, which is the older parts of our brain that are associated with reward and also with fear, uh, it's saying, hey, this difference, this change, it's perceived as a threat. So it'll fight back and say, don't do it. Stay where you are. It's safer here. Even though we know we want to do something different, at least we know what we're dealing with here. So stay here. It's safe. So that safety piece of our older brain keeps us from making a change. Fortunately, we do have a newer part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, that allows us to override those older parts of the brain that deal mainly with fear and reward and survival. And that's where we can access what we need to actually make long-term changes. So the biggest obstacle, that's what you asked me, is probably this lizard part of our brain that makes us want to stay safe and not change. I guess probably the other thing to think about is that we all can sort of muster up the motivation to do change short term. So when it's New Year's resolution time, which it was only a couple of months ago, everybody gets this intense feeling like this is going to be the year and I'm going to lose weight and start exercising and get healthy. And then we can muster the challenge to do it for maybe a few weeks or a couple of months. But around this time of year, when we're approaching the end of February, that's when people are starting to do that slippery slope off of what these new positive changes are. So the good news is there's some things that you can do. That is so interesting because oftentimes when I'm working with clients on making changes, particularly related to healthy eating, they are resistant to some of the changes. Like they'll come in with a hard, I'm not getting off of chocolate. I'm not getting off of coffee. I'm not getting off of dairy. And so it really is a time piece of, I guess, changing that reptilian brain mentality and bringing it to that prefrontal cortex so that they can see the opportunity for change. And then with perhaps guidance and accountability, make those changes. Definitely. And I think probably one of the things that I'm learning about just in the last few weeks, and I talked about it recently on my podcast, was a lot of times the change happens when you shift into thinking about how does your identity wrap up with your habits. So that's something that um, if you're interested, I can share something about that. Please do. Yeah. So uh, the best place to start with this is to consider that Contrary to popular belief, habits are more about who you are being than what you are doing. So that's a bit of a brain twister, but one of my online pretend best friends, who is a guy called James Clear, he wrote a book called Atomic Habits. He can help me explain this. Uh, he says that we get stuck in habits that we don't want because we are focusing on trying to change the wrong thing. So he likes to talk about three levels of change. And um, 
they're sort of like the layers of an onion. So the first layer is about changing your outcome. So that's about making goals, which we all do at New Year's resolution time. It's like, I want to lose weight. I want to be stronger. I want to win the championship, whatever it might be. Uh, so that's about outcomes, that first layer. The second layer is about process. So this is like the systems and routines that you put into place. So creating a new routine at the gym or clearing off your desk so that you have better workflow or uh, incorporating a meditation practice into your morning routine. So most healthy habits that all of us already have locked in place are related to some process or system that we have created in our lives, either consciously or unconsciously. All of us have a routine, even if we don't know we have a routine, we often do the same things over and over again. So the first layer is about your goals or what it is that you get, ultimately the outcome. The second layer is about the process. So that's what you do. And then the third layer, and this is where some really powerful stuff can happen. This is the deepest level. And this is about changing your identity. So this level is changing your beliefs. So if you can change your belief in the type of person that you are, change your actual identity, then the habit just will fall into place. Because if you are the type of person who exercises regularly, and my identity says I am the type of person who eats healthy, then those habits will just be easy because they are a part of this person that I have become. It's more about what I'm believing rather than what I'm doing. So this is what I said before, you can muster up motivation to do certain behaviors for a short period of time, but they're really only going to get locked in long term when I start to actually incorporate an identity that those behaviors just fall into easily. So just to kind of go over those three layers again, the outcomes are what you get, the processes are what you do, and the identity is what you believe. And we want to focus on belief. That is so interesting. That is so interesting. So do you think that like people have to start saying to themselves, let's use running as an example. So when I was not a runner, I would see people running by and I'd be like, oof, why do people run? That's crazy. I'm not a runner. I wouldn't do that. So do people have to start to tell themselves like, I can be a runner. I'm a runner. I can do this. Yeah, that's going to be part of it. So, you know, the goal might be to run a 5k, but the ultimate identity that you're going into is I am a runner. So I can do the behavior of running 5k, but I won't necessarily incorporate running as a habit until I say to myself, or I believe I'm a runner. So what James Clear says to make it practical, sort of the try it, try it today, put this into play kind of for your own habits. He says, decide first, who is the type of person you want to be? So in this case, I've decided that I want to be a runner. Then you want to prove that to yourself with small wins. So just like you said, you can start telling yourself, I'm a runner. So that's the language is going to start to seep into your subconscious. So that's number one. But then um, you can think to yourself, okay, well, what does a runner do? They run. And if we're doing a small win, maybe what it is, is I go outside with my running shoes on and I run for one minute and I do that three times a week. And that's my small win. It might feel overwhelming to my reptilian brain to all of a sudden go out and run 10K five days a week and I just won't do it. But I can probably go outside and run one minute for five days a week or three days a week. That's my small win. And then I can build on those small wins to uh, build that belief in myself and build that identity of I am a runner. I love that. Then that can be applied on so many levels. I think on any habit that we want to do, like if I want to be a better friend, so the identity is I am someone who stays in touch with my friends, then a small win is I call one friend a week for 15 minutes, and then I slowly build on that. 
Uh, it could be about, you know, and this is something that you can incorporate and you probably do, but not labeled as this when you're getting people to take on small, tiny wins when it comes to nutrition or to mindfulness or meditation. So uh, one of the things that he says, and I find this part kind of fascinating is he says that when you want to become better at something, proving your identity to yourself is far more important than getting the results, at least at first. So all of us are looking for the result. We want to lose weight, be healthier, like uh, run the 10K, but the results can come later. So if we focus on making the change of, into our beliefs first, then those things will just fall into place because now I'm the type of person who runs. Running is just what I do. I believe I'm a runner or I'm the type of person who eats healthy or whatever the, I, whatever the belief is, whatever the habit is, it's focus on who do I wanna be first and then focus on the behavior second. That's, that's amazing. So it's really a philosophical shift. Yes. And a good example to think about it as a philosophical shift. One of the examples he gives is think about somebody who's trying to um, quit smoking. So if somebody is offered a cigarette, they'll say, no, thanks. I'm trying to quit. That person still identifies as a smoker. They're still thinking I'm a smoker that's trying to do this behavior. Whereas the second person will say, no, thanks. I'm not a smoker or I don't smoke. That tiny little shift in language is powerful because it, it uh, reflects a change in identity from someone who's trying not to do it to somebody who is, I'm not a smoker. Wow. That is so amazing. I love that. Yeah. And can be applied in so many places. So goals and believing in yourself on who you now are to make that change. Are there any other um, pieces that maybe people could start with as well, because that philosophical change, that's a big mindset shift. Definitely. So the things that I like to talk about are when you are trying to do something different and be somebody different, one of the things that's the most powerful is hanging around people that do the thing you want to do. If you hang out with a group of people or a person, an accountability partner, a coach, a mentor, a group of people that do the behavior that you want to do, the more that you hang out with them, the more that you are likely to do what they do, which is the behavior you're looking for. So good examples of this are when you go to the gym and you start hanging out with this group of people that is just part of their identity that they work out all the time, that becomes what you do. You hang out with people that are going to party and drink all the time. It's likely you're going to get into that behavior. If you hang out with people that eat healthy and are, that care about their health, it's likely you're going to do that behavior. It's who you hang out with is very powerful and it's probably the most powerful piece. Often when I'll say this to people, they'll be like, okay, that's cool, but do you want me to ditch my family and friends because they're not doing the behavior? And, right. I'll, say, <laughs> and I'll say, well, no, no, not necessarily. Uh, what I would like you to do, especially if you're your spouse or your you know, immediate surroundings, if your people are not engaging in the habit that you are moving toward, one of the coolest things about living in 2021 is we have access to the internet. There's so many things out there that can help you to surround yourself with a group of fabulous people that do the thing that you want to do. So that could be Facebook groups or hiring a coach or a mentor or um, you know, working with a practitioner or even just like finding friends online that are interested in whatever it is that you want to do. So I would say that is uh, a good practical way to move toward a good habit is find somebody else that does it and then get them to show you how to do it and hang out with them. And you'll be more likely to do that new healthy habit. Sometimes it's just about accountability, right? Having somebody else say, okay, I'm going for that run today. You're coming, right? Absolutely. 
Yes. Yeah. Having, and especially there's a, and I'm like this, I, I operate best when I have some accountability, having somebody not only to show me how to do the habit, but then also to hold me accountable. If I am going to say to somebody, if I said, Catherine, I'll meet you tomorrow morning at 5am, let's call it 6am to go for a walk. If I know you're there and you're waiting for me, I'll go. But if it's just me getting up to do it on myself, I will pull the covers over my head. So yeah, Absolutely. you're right. Accountability is very powerful. Yeah. And it comes back to those behaviors. Well, I never get up at 6am. So why would I start getting up at 6am by myself? I had talked to somebody on my Facebook community the other day, and they said that they're shifting toward the identity of, I am a morning person. They had been telling themselves for years, I don't get up early. I don't like being awake in the morning. I'm not a morning person. And so when you hear those words coming out of your mouth over and over again, that's your identity. I am not a morning person. So I was like, oh, this is a good one shifting the identity and the beliefs to, I am a morning person. And then when you tell yourself that, and then find small wins to prove it to yourself, then eventually you're going to shift into the identity of being a morning person. I feel like that's a whole other episode on taking the past language that you have or the identity that you've built or that other people have built for you Yes, and making that shift. We could do like a whole other episode just on that. You're right. Oh, I love it. So speaking about accountability, you and I just spent a ton of time together in our accountability pod for some projects that we've been working on. And I wondered if you would like to take a moment and, and share some things about what you have in the works. I would love to do that. Thank you so much. So one of the things that um, I did at the beginning of the year, and I promised I would be doing it again, is a habits challenge. And it's a simple challenge where I get you to do one habit, simple one habit, for five days in a row and it's coming up again. It's going to be starting on February the 22nd. So I know this episode is dropping on February the 23rd. So if you're listening on February 23rd, you can still participate. If you go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash challenge, you can sign up and it's a little challenge that we're gonna do together to get a jumpstart on our habits, especially at this, this time of the year when a lot of us have slippery sloped away from what we intended on our new year's resolution. So that, that's coming up and I'm excited about that. The other thing that's coming up is I, along with Catherine and the rest of our peas in the pod group have created a course about habits and I'm going to introduce the course and also offer a masterclass. And the masterclass is going to be called three ways to get your habits on track and derail decision fatigue. And that's coming up on March 2nd will be the first one. So if you want to sign up for that or find that interesting at all, if you're curious, go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash masterclass. And I'll be sure to link that in the show notes. I have to put in a little plug that I did your five-day challenge at the beginning of the year. And it, it really did help me to get my daily yoga practice back on track. And then it kind of morphed into other habits that I was like, you know what? I want to start doing that. And I want to start doing that. And so even just little things like, making the bed every day when I get up has become a habit because I took the time to kind of dig into myself and say, what do I need to do? So your habit challenge was amazing. And I hope that people will head into this one and head over to that masterclass. So I'll, again, I'll make sure that I put that in the show notes. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. And they can always find you um, on the Improvement Project podcast to learn more about your habits and all of the great information that you have there. So I'll make sure that that is in the show notes as well. And that book, James Clear, will put him into the show notes also, because I think people might be interested in his atomic habits. Yeah, it's the habits Bible, really. I'm going to have to get a copy of it, I think. 
Yeah. It's time. Thank you for all of that information. That's amazing. And I know people really struggle with habits and routines and you frame it in that reptilian brain piece, the lizard brain of, of where we're so ingrained, but how we can start to make that movement. It's, I think that would be a huge piece for the, for my listeners to walk away with. Awesome. So I just have one more question for you before we wrap up. The question is, what does living to thrive mean to you? Well, to me, that means continuing to find ways to become a better version of myself. So physically, emotionally, relationally, in my work, how I help or inspire others. And I want to do that by living in an atmosphere of growth. So I feel as though I'm thriving when I'm continually learning and challenging myself even if just by the tiniest of baby steps. So I love to learn. And when I learn something new, I love to share it with others. So that's when I feel like I'm thriving. So that's what living to thrive means to me. I love that. That's amazing. Thank you. And again, thank you so much for being here, Dr. Peggy Malone. And again, I'll put in the show notes where people can find you. So just to wrap things up here today, I just want to share that I think habits and stress can maybe go a little bit hand in hand because it can be stressful to try to make changes. And we live with a lot of stress on our shoulders of trying to make change and be different people and empower ourselves and find new ways to live a better life. So I'm all about trying to help people to manage that and manage their stress. So I have put together a managing stress in everyday life guide that people can download. So if you're looking for a whole health approach to stress relief, it's designed to talk about nutrition and stress and a little bit about tools for stress relief. So you can find that in the show notes at pages.thrivenutritionandyoga.ca forward slash manage your stress. And if you know someone who might enjoy this episode or previous episodes, please feel free to share with them and leave a review where you're listening. And as always, I would love for you to become a member of the Thrive community. You can find me on Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn under Thrive Nutrition and Yoga. And you can always head over to the website, thrivenutritionandyoga.ca to learn a little bit more about me and what I do. So listeners, thank you so much for being here. Thanks again. A big thank you to Dr. Peggy Malone. I hope you have a beautiful day and may you live your life to your fullest, follow your heart and thrive in all you do. And that's it for this episode of The Improvement Project. Thank you so much to Catherine White, number one, for a great interview, and number two, for allowing me to share it here with you. If you would like to hear more from Catherine, make sure to check out the Living to Thrive podcast wherever you are listening. I'm inspired by Catherine's podcast and her last question for me to ask you as well. What does living to thrive mean to you? Let me know. Send me a DM on Instagram at Dr. Peggy Malone. For questions or comments, send an email to the improvement project at drpeggymalone.com. You can come and say hi on the socials. I'm on Instagram at drpeggymalone. And you can always get my attention by using the hashtag the improvement project. As usual, you'll find all of the resources and links that we mentioned during today's show in the show notes at theimprovementproject.com. If this episode was helpful at all for you, please be sure to tell a friend and share it with them. This is the number one way that new listeners find this podcast. So if you found it helpful or entertaining, pass it on. And we also have a Facebook group. Search for The Improvement Project on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next time, my friends, stay focused and get after it. I know that 
I mentioned this free masterclass at the beginning of this episode, and Catherine and I talked about it during the interview as well, but I want to give it another quick shout out because I have poured my heart and soul into this thing over the last while, and I'm so excited to share it with you. Once again, it's called Three Ways to Get Your Habits on Track and Derail Decision Fatigue. How to Create a Routine that Will Calm Your Overwhelm and Let Your Poor Tired Brain Have a Rest by Leveraging What You Already Do Every Day and make it easier. Head to drpeggymalone.com forward slash masterclass to sign up and I'll see you there.